Are you an entrepreneur looking to scale your venture? Do you have ideas on how to take Canadian entrepreneurship to new heights? Join more than 2,000 entrepreneurs, investors, industry, and government leaders in Ottawa on October 19th at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Keynotes, workshops, hackathons, startup, scale-up, and skill stages, growth partner zones, and a mentor genius zone. Get plugged into the Canadian entrepreneurship community in one place, all in one day. Scale your startup and have your say through the most influential and high-impact event in Canada's entrepreneurship community. Get your tickets today to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill on October 19th. For more information, visit startupday.ca. The Startup Canada Awards recognizes excellence in Canada's entrepreneurship community. This year, we invite you to join us at one of six regional celebrations across Canada. Join us in Ottawa on August 24th, Montreal on September 12th, Kamloops September 15th, Fredericton on September 17th, Whitehorse on September 19th, and Edmonton on September 21st. And join us at the grand finale in Ottawa on October 19th as part of the Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Come celebrate alongside the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and get your tickets now. Hi, I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Team activities that draw out and act on feedback can really help to unite employees. At Rebel, we are big on agile retrospectives, which are just simple activities that help teams to reveal, explore, and solve hidden challenges together. One of our favorite activities is a game called Mad Sad Glad, where each team member shares specific instances that made them feel angry, upset, or happy by placing a post-it note on a wall. We then review everyone's contributions, group similar sentiments, and vote on a few specific topics to do a deeper dive on. This kind of activity is great to get feedback from the quieter members of the team, and it really drives team-led self-improvement. The team concludes Mad Sad Glad by committing to SMART goals, which are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. We check in as a team the following week to see if the changes have made a positive impact. The key takeaway? Be sure to give your teams the tools they need to identify and solve their own challenges together. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. On the show today, stepping in for Rivers Corbett is Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency and Startup Canada's ambassador for women entrepreneurship. We are thrilled to have Malcolm McKillop on the show today. Malcolm is a founding partner and and founding member, pardon me, and primary partner at Shields O'Donnell McKillop LLP. He's a successful trial lawyer, a law professor, a professional speaker, and as if that's not enough, an author as well. Malcolm is certified by the Law Society of Upper Canada as a specialist in civil litigation and has been ranked by Lexpert as one of the top leading 500 lawyers in Canada. Malcolm was also has also achieved the highest peer rating by Martindale Hubble and was awarded the 2016 Randall Eklund Mentorship Award. 
He has authored a number of acclaimed texts in employment law and has published columns in the Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star. He was also awarded the Queen Elizabeth Medal for Philanthropy Abroad by the Governor General of Canada. Wow. <laughs> An impressive man. And we are so excited that we have the chance to talk to you today, Malcolm. In today's podcast, we're going to hear about the basics of business law and discuss the importance of legal literacy when starting a business. Welcome to the show, Malcolm. Thank you very much, Janice. I'm glad to be here with you. So what do you want our listeners to take away from our talk today? Well, I think the most important thing in the context of our discussion today will be don't try to do things that you really don't know what what uh, the right way to do it is. And um, stay true to what your skill set is. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes um, engaging expert advice early in whatever uh, area you need it. And we're talking about law today, but I think it applies equally. Um, get the right person to give you advice early and to be part of your um, strategic uh, team in executing what needs to be done uh, in your business. Um, the risks are, are significant these days um, in terms of, uh, of the law um, if you don't get the proper advice early. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's really helpful because uh, so often entrepreneurs get started, <laughs> you know, and they're they're sort of in business and they perhaps think about maybe in, in too much of a short term kind of approach where they think, well, I'm okay. Like you said, you know, they should stick to their expertise and, and seek out actual experts. But often what happens is they think, no, I've got the answers. And then they find themselves in, in some serious trouble as you highlighted the risks are significant the risks are significant and and a best example i can give you is that people um you know they're they're smart and they're uh, they're an entrepreneur and they they they're not scared of doing things and they say well i can write a um a a letter of offer for somebody mm-hmm. and and so they want to make sure in the letter of offer of employment that they put a termination clause and they they say, oh, well, how hard can that be? I'll just say, okay, within, I can terminate the relationship at any time uh, if I give you 30 days of notice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would not know that that little clause has created hours and hours and hours of court time, paper and paper and paper of judicial decisions as to why that clause should not be enforceable. Mm. And, and, it, it, and it is the most extreme example because something that is very simple and that many companies do, even companies that have been around for a long time, not startups, but people who have been in business for years, but they don't have the right advice around them uh, for whatever reason, um, use a clause like that. And then something at the time of termination, the, the individual goes to a lawyer and says, can they terminate me after 10 years by just giving me 30 days of notice? And, and, you know, the lawyer would say to that employee, no, they can't. And you're probably entitled to a year of compensation if you've been there for 10 years or 12 years. So it is, it is a really stark example of, of how you need to get advice. And I think in terms of, of business, um, a small business, um, not unlike our own business, um, you know, you have your skill set. Um, you're good at what you do. You believe in yourself. You want to start up a business. Um, you got raw talent sometimes. Um, it's all the other little things that can can completely mess you up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the non-core things of your business that can come and bite you in the butt. Yeah, and be costly and time-consuming and, oh. and take you off your game. And I think it's really important, too, for uh, those in the startup community uh, to think about um, seeking out the experts, as you indicated early, and to see them more as a partner in your business. So, uh, you know, an integral part of starting and growing your business is to have the expertise that you need. (coughs) 
I think, unfortunately, sometimes um, we can look at this, uh, you know, and you hear it from entrepreneurs that they say, oh, well, I don't want to spend the money. But, it, you know, you gave a stark example, but it really highlighted the fact that, so you think you're saving money. <laughs> but in fact, you know, you could be making some some very costly and ill-informed decisions under the guise of easy, fast, and you know, thinking you know the answers. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it, uh, Janet. I think you've summed that up uh, uh, correctly. And um, it, it is a it is an, a, a question of getting the people around you that you need to help manage uh, your business uh, and protect your business on all the different flanks. And uh, you know, I for instance, <clears throat> another great example mm-hmm. is I use a small tech firm. We're a small firm here. We have ten lawyers. Um, our partners have been around for many, many years, but our, our our firm as an independent boutique has been around for 20 years. This this current um, uh, setting has been for the last 10. And I can tell you that, you know, we don't have an HR department. We don't have an IT department. Right. Uh, we don't have an administration department. We have outside consultants who help us protect our business. And the best example I can give you is that we have a small entrepreneurial IT firm that give us uh, advice in terms of how to protect our firm from ransomware and hacking and and you know what happens in, in a, a crisis when your computers go down. And, mm-hmm. and like if we tried to do that, right. even the, the most tech savvy young lawyers I have here, it would be a mess. Yeah, it's Imagine. not. Yeah, it's not their expertise. <laughs> it's not their expertise, mm-hmm. and and uh, so you know, I think every business needs to decide what it needs to protect, mm-hmm. and and for us, protecting information is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, having an IT system that works and uh, quickly, and re- we can respond to clients, it's a a, a core part of our business. Mm-hmm. So for many uh, young entrepreneurs or old entrepreneurs who are starting up their, their business, uh, they got an idea. I mean, I think they have to have some, some, um, uh, some clear understanding uh, with respect to um, the law around protecting IP. Like intellectual mm-hmm. property is critical um, to protect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a great idea. You start up your company. You, you have a lot of sweat equity into it. And it's taking off, and all of a sudden, somebody's going to become aware of it, and they're going to steal it from you. Mm-hmm. And it's just as simple as that. And and understanding what contract law is, um, because everything you do in this world is based on contract, right? When you rent a car, absolutely. And uh, and I know. think sometimes just to follow along with that, what happens, Malcolm, is you know. It, it's so easy to think that has nothing to do with the business that I'm, <laughs> you know, that I'm in, whatever that may be. But to understand that, sure, it, in an ideal world, the contract sign, you throw it in the drawer and never have to look at it again because everybody's holding up their side of, of you know, that signed contract. But, you know, if that if that were true, we wouldn't have Malcolm and your 10 lawyers, <laughs> yeah. right? Because, no. you know, people interpret things differently or can't follow through or and, and, and. Well, and, and that's, the, that's the thing. So any business enterprise um, is going to be subjected to contract law. And uh, I think a lot of times, uh, certainly intellectual property, mm-hmm. if you're going to have any employees, one employee, one employee can ruin your business, right. and so understanding employment law is critical. So if I, if I were to say, you know, what, what is the most important areas of law that you have to have some basic knowledge on, and 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 have people around you that can give you advice, is IP, contract law, and employment law. Um, it's critical. The three big buckets, basically. I think right? so. For I think so. In terms of protecting your business. It obviously gets more complicated the bigger uh, the business is, and, and some businesses require, uh, could be subject to uh, regulations, so re- regulatory um, guidelines and, and, uh, and the law, uh, depending on what business you're in, um, is very important, right? And failure mm-hmm. to comply with any regulatory obligation is, is critical. You're done as a young business, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. So, so, and, and, you know, I'm sure your audience comes from a broad 
um, a broad uh, section of, of different types of businesses. So, you know, I would probably add that regulatory aspect uh, of the other one because if you're supposed to register with a regulator and file certain documents, if you don't do that, then <laughs> yeah. you're really in trouble. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So obviously you've seen, uh, you know, common, the most common legal mistakes that new businesses make with some kind of regularity when they're starting up. So how can our listeners avoid making these similar mistakes? What's first, if you could highlight what some of those most common are and then give us some steps to avoid making them, it would be helpful. I think, uh, you know, again, depending on the nature of your business, I think it is critical to build a network of people in your industry, mm-hmm. which is can be all free advice um, because you you learn so much uh, from the people who have already traveled that road, and um, and will be willing to share uh, some of the information that they've learned along the way that could be very helpful for you. So I think it is absolutely critical that you network in the industry that you're trying to operate in. Um, I also think it is, like I said, very important to have a team of advisors that fit your business. So, mm-hmm. you know, a non- Can you give us an example of well, like, give us a scenario maybe? Well, a, a great example for this would be, so you're starting up a, a, a small company mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't, it, it's not in an industry that's heavily regulated. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go to a... Uh, uh, a firm, a law firm that has 600 lawyers um, and has extreme specialty in every area of the law and who's going to charge you an enormous fee rate, or to a large accounting firm, one of the big six accounting firms, mm-hmm. when um, you know their fees are going to be prohibitive. And, and um, you, you need to work with uh, typically um, smaller organizations, whether you know, it's a small branding company or a small accounting firm or a small law firm. Um, uh, and, you know, they can um, adjust to what you need. And so it is important, I think, as a small business person <clears throat> to when, you know, and I, and I think this could be the same principle for many years for entrepreneurs, is you always want to have the, you know, the team around you what I would refer to loosely as your business team from outside the office, um, outside your company, mm-hmm. uh, that understand your culture, understand how you work, and understand the need for you know um, quick, practical advice. And you know you don't want you don't need or you don't want to be driving the Bentley. Uh, in, in when you're starting out as a young driver, like you, you don't need it. You can drive. You can drive a a, a wonderful uh, Volkswagen and get to the same destination. And you know, I think I think it's really important to to your advisors have got to um, uh, match up with the kind of culture uh, that you are. And um, um, and that's what I would say is so important uh, right from the outset is is to network with people in your industry and to have your providers understand who you are. I think that's really helpful because networking within your industry will give you, you know, tips to find, for example, like your company, you know, like because people say, I'm working with Malcolm, he helped me and, you know, do this, that, and the other. So you get, you know, the, the great um, referrals, uh, which I think are really helpful. And um, also because what I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs that they experience, particularly in startup scenarios and what, what stops them from building that business team, as you've uh, suggested of advisors who are really there to, you know, help you avoid the pitfalls is they can be intimidated exactly by what you said, whether they think they have to go to the big firms or, you know, there, there's some, um, a lack of information, I guess, or understanding about how it works and that, um, you know, they can access other, you know, amazing advice and it doesn't have to be with, as you mentioned, the sort of Bentley approach. That's, that's my sense of it. It really is. And, and the, the networking is critical. What, what I see because I do work with, with startups and scale ups and, 
I see them struggling uh, between actually building the company mm-hmm. um, and and spending 16 hours a day mm-hmm. um, building their company and not having enough time um, or support to go out and learn other things and network and and meet investors and um, uh, spend enough time networking with people who who are in the same industry. It is all hands on deck and it's long days and and that is that is a challenge um, because you have to do all things pretty well in order to get a startup off the ground. Uh, a scale up will need money as you know uh, quickly just at some point um, as as badly as a um, as a brand new startup and you you have to be able to um, uh, you have to divide up your time uh, in in very efficient ways and and you don't need to start from zero you can leverage off the knowledge and experience of the, of, of other people in your industry mm-hmm. um, and even if you know um, in terms of it doesn't have to be necessarily in your industry exclusively. Um, I think that as entrepreneurs, we all share the the desire to be the boss, the desire to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're creative, um, so there is some overlap uh, in the 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 qualities or characteristics of entrepreneurs in whatever business. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your specific industry. Absolutely. Because there's still sort of the classic business approaches that, you know, there's lots to talk about regardless if, you know, if the industry is different, that's for sure. Um, You're You know, you you, you surround yourself with people who aren't scared to make make decisions and and people who are excited about what they're doing. And um, is, and I've known... I think uh, a number of people who were entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs who became older entrepreneurs and they don't, they haven't, um, they haven't uh, changed their views about that. I I had the good fortune of um, uh, meeting uh, Richard Branson a couple of years ago uh, on a beach. Oh, and, that's and, a fun scenario. Yeah, and, Necker and, Island Beach or somewhere else? An island beach. And, okay. And, and, and he was down there with his family and, and we had a coffee. And, you know, um, this guy to me is one of the, the world's best, uh, most unique entrepreneurs. And, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know, um, uh, what I gathered from what he was telling me, because I asked him a few questions about, you know, um, how he did this and how he, 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 he engages in such different, a variety of different uh, pursuits and things that other people don't do. And, yeah. uh, and he, he was so normal to start out with. He was a very normal uh, person and uh, for all of his accomplishments. But, I, you know, it's the excitement um, that he has to try new things. I love that. And, and and that was his answer. And uh, you know, it's just it's pretty amazing to me. Um, w- even when you you're at a stage where you've accomplished everything, it would seem that you have this level of enthusiasm um, to try something different, to push the uh, the envelope across the desk, um, to be willing to approach problems differently. And so I think when you when you surround yourself with people like that. It helps, and you know the other people like lawyers and and accountants and and whatever else regulatory people. They're gonna, for the most part, be very conservative, mm-hmm. and and they're going to be making you know worried about giving you the right advice all the time, and and you know trying to help you stay on the right path. But the people that are gonna really be important to your business. Um, are those who have have done it or are doing it and can give you referrals to people, can connect you up with people, can give you ideas about how doing something more efficiently. Um, Because the worst thing as an entrepreneur, if you you find yourself isolated, Mm -hmm. um, I have seen that to be a problem and where you are focused so many hours 
on on developing your product and and so on it doesn't give you enough time to do other things that are important to your business right absolutely i i think that's really important and uh and I'm so glad that you raised it. And for our entrepreneurs listening is, you know, you need to keep sort of connecting with the tribe <laughs> to, uh, to get re-inspired, you know, whether it's uh, at the Richard Branson level of re-inspired, but also, you know, the curiosity and conversations that you have can sometimes lead you to solving problems, getting the answers you need. And uh, sometimes just also uh, getting that sense that other people are facing the same challenges uh, on the entrepreneurial journey as you are. And so kind of, uh, almost like a benchmark that you're doing just fine, even though, you know, on that, the ups and downs, some days you may feel that you are not. Well, that's right. And, and, you know, another example, <clears throat> I've worked with a company for many years as their advisor and, and the chairman of that company started out in his garage mm-hmm. and, you know, now he's one of the most successful people, uh, definitely in North America. Um, but, you know, he had limited education. Mm-hmm. He had no money, mm-hmm. but he had a skill um, mm-hmm. that he applied. And he was always willing to look beyond the way things were traditionally being done. So he, you know, the process that would normally be used, he had a gift that he could look at and go, "That's not. That's not the most efficient way of doing it." That's amazing. Yeah, and and he could go in and change it and make it more efficient, less waste, um, faster. And he built a huge company on this, but he started his business in his garage. I love those stories. Oh my God. (laughs) They're inspiring. (laughs) It is inspiring. And, and he is, he is now, um, you know, a, a very senior person and he still has enthusiasm at, 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 you know, the age of 80 or more. He still walks through his company and he still can identify a problem where there is a lack of efficiency. And it's, it's amazing. And so, you know, I, I think the other, the other thing for, to learn from this, certainly it is for me, is that um, you always have to keep your enthusiasm if, if, if you're sitting back and on a regular basis, you're losing enthusiasm <clears throat> uh, for what you're doing <clears throat> and you're not excited about what you're doing, it's going to mm-hmm. be hard to make it. <clears throat> yeah, because it takes so much to make it, doesn't it? <clears throat> it you got to believe in yourself and yeah. working, working by yourself in a garage or in your basement or in a little office at home um, with a great idea. Um, you need to uh, to be positive about, what, and you need to believe in yourself, and you need to to get the people around you uh, that that uh, believe in what you're doing, and never lose the excitement of it. And I've been practicing law for 30 years, and I still get excited when I get a new file, yeah. uh, a new client, a new industry, and I've been blessed with that. And I think that. It makes a difference in terms of uh, of your business, and um, and and there and there are bad times for some businesses that sure. even when even then when they're around for many many years, as we know. But but the startups, I mean, it can there can be one step forward, two steps back, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But even well-established businesses, it's just new challenges. You know, they exactly. they face the, you know, well, we've always done it this way or disruption in their industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, um, you've got to stay on your toes <laughs> no, regardless. Exactly yeah. right. see, it it yeah. never goes away. Yeah, it's um, just different. Right. It's mm-hmm. different. Like, you know, maybe the company's not going to get wiped off the map, but it, it, uh, a new challenge, a new competitor, uh, new processes – uh, yeah. can be very challenging to an existing company. So, Absolutely. And so that entrepreneurial spirit of we can do it better, we can adapt to these changes, we can do it quicker, we can do it more efficiently, um, whether you're out, you're just starting or you've been around 30 years. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we'll be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. 
As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we're back. So you're very passionate about networking. We You, you sort of touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but um, <clears throat> I think it's really helpful for people both to understand why you think it's so important, um, how to do it well, if you could offer some tips. Because uh, sometimes people say, I just, you know, I don't, I'm scared when I go into a room or I don't know what to say or, um, and then also maybe just touch on why referrals for business matter and maybe how they've uh, helped you grow your own business? Well, I have certainly done a lot of networking uh, in 30 years in my business. And and I don't think I did it always well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is difficult. Nobody likes to walk into a room by yourself and not know anybody. Mm-hmm. Um not very many people, including myself, are comfortable to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it needs practice. And, you know, um, somebody told me a long time ago, before you go to any event, read the Globe and Mail or read the, fi- uh, the Financial Post or whatever you can, New York Times, for half an hour or an hour before you go to an event. Mm-hmm. So you have stuff to talk about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's actually, you know, to pause you right there, Malcolm, that's actually an amazing, simple, applicable tip for everybody listening, you know, mm-hmm. be up to date on current affairs. It's a right. right. It's, it's a perfect icebreaker to have a conversation. Absolutely. And, and I think that, um, you, um, you have to have some <clears throat> self-awareness about, about um, about how to do it and what you're good at and what you're not good at. Um, <clears throat> it is always better to have somebody go with you, but, but when you have the security blanket of a friend or a colleague, um, what's gonna happen is you're not gonna make an effort to meet a lot of people. You're, you right, know, you're gonna stand in the corner having the, the conversation car- with somebody you already know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't call that networking. I call that, I call that hanging out and having a beer <laughs> with, with your buddy. <laughs> At a bigger event. But you yes. could be anywhere, right? Because yes. it's not like you're mingling with the group. Right. And, yeah. you know, and um, I, I think historically there, there's been challenges for women attending certain events as opposed to men. And these days, I think, I hope that those barriers are, are breaking down and I think female on I, I I know several female entrepreneurs who are amazing at networking and um, they are the person that's kind of pushing their technology mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they are so comfortable in speaking about what they do they practice I'm sure before they go out and they attend all kind of events and in all kinds of settings and um, and you know so um, whether you're male or female, hopefully that that barrier doesn't exist. The challenge for all of us, male or female, is to to um, um, uh, understand um, how you properly approach somebody, like the manners around approaching somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, to me that's kind of um, uh, rule number one is understand how you make a proper approach to somebody 
in a room. Uh, obviously, you don't want to come around from their back. Um, you want them to be, when you first make your approach, you want to be able to, to look at them in the eye. Um, they, you will be able to see whether um, they are talking to somebody. Obviously, you don't want to just interrupt a conversation. You don't want to overstay your welcome. And accept the fact uh, that sometimes you're going to fall on your face. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what you say, even if you had a joke to make, even if you stood on your head for five minutes, the person <laughs> you've approached has no interest in talking to you. Right. It's not and, personal. <laughs> it's not personal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not personal at all. And mm-hmm. so um, and don't be offended by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, always be polite. Um, the other thing I will say to you and your listeners is that, and I think I was slow to learn this, um, I, I'm getting it now, but, you know, it's, uh, I guess, better late than never. But um, everybody you meet mm-hmm. on this planet is somebody that may be willing to help you at some point in your life. Mm. And and I think that um, I am far more open and receptive to speaking to anybody and telling them about who I am, what I do, and... Um, you know, the best example I can give you, one example, and I think a really good one, is I got retained by a very senior individual to help them on a problem. And I met this person while I was working on a file 15 or 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, that person was doing a secondment at a company I can't even really remember our interaction. Um, when he called me and said, this is so-and-so. Hi, you remember me? This is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I said, nope. I do not remember. <laughs> I didn't even try to fake it because, right. uh, you know, um, I had no idea. And <clears throat> even when he told me how we met 15 or 20 years ago, I still didn't really remember him. And yeah. And that's to me, um, I you know, I, I now he comes around with a a very significant case, and he wants to retain me to do it for him. And and if you would have asked me 15 or 16 years ago, what what I thought of that individual, or whether I made myself uh, was I open enough to consider the possibility that he could come in and give me a really, really interesting case 15 years from now, mm-hmm. I, I probably would have said, you know, I, no way, or I'm not, that's not Don't a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so the, the and, and this lesson is repeated over and over and over again. I think all of your listeners in their own lives realize how, how small Canada is. Um, so true. Um, Toronto is a village. If some of your listeners are in Toronto, Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we live in, in a small community and, um, and, and it is important to try to be open to, um, uh, to as many opportunities to meet people and to make a good impression. And, you know, this is, you know, leads me to the, uh, comment about, uh, referrals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a lot of professional speaking. I've written numerous books. Um, I have done so many conferences and so on. And I, at this point in life, I do believe that referral network is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and because? Which means, which means that you, whatever business you're in, and there's, mm-hmm. I, I know there's a variety of yeah. businesses here, um, if it has anything to do with selling anything to anybody, which it usually does in one form or another, yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you you have got to realize that one 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 bad interaction with a customer or a client uh, or, or with somebody who's buying your services can just have really devastating impact, and um, you do because one person will tell a bunch of people that you didn't treat them well. You were arrogant. 
You didn't spend enough time with them. Mm-hmm. You charged them too much. You don't care about them. Didn't mm-hmm. care about their business. Like there's, and people are critical, mm-hmm. natural. And so it takes a combination of a commitment to, to excellence. If you don't achieve excellence and you make a mistake, you correct it. You own it. You, every person that you meet and every person that you do business with is an opportunity um, to show how good you are. And that person is going to tell somebody else. It's so important. I, I Just to take you back to that comment where you said, you know, you, you landed this big case directly out of this referral from somebody that you didn't remember. But where we started this conversation, you talked about networking and, you know, being polite, having something to say and not overstaying your welcome. So really, uh, you know, a uh, very... Um, lovely approach to having conversation with people. But beyond that, too, sometimes um, there's this sense that when you go to a networking event, there's, you know, two or three or whatever, very specific key people that you have to meet. And yet, you know, this example that you gave, and uh, I've had many in my career, uh, you know, experiences similar to that, just having a wonderful conversation with somebody, not the the so-called I must meet, but just people at an event, (laughs) you know, those are the referrals that um, drive your business so often. You know, they, kind of the unexpected, yeah. if you will, um, because you're just a, you know, you're genuinely interested in the conversation. And, I don't know, I mean, you certainly made a huge impression on on that gentleman. Well, I can't even remember who he was and what I said or what I did. So, but, you know, thank God I got that one right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and he's a wonderful individual, but it just, um, um, and, and, but you know, the more and more I realize that everything, um, that you do, uh, potentially connects you to other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it is, it, it's really important, um, about your business, um, that you care about service. You care about quality. You care about delivery. We live in a society, I believe, in my personal opinion, and I don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that those things mean less now. And and people, um, you know, like when when you go to a restaurant or Starbucks or somewhere to buy something, they 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 sometimes they don't care about about the service, or it's just so automatic, and they're not friendly, they're not nice, they they don't care about service, and and. <clears throat> And I think that um, people judge each other based on whether they feel they're getting the attention that they deserve. And you always put yourself in the shoes of the uh, the recipient of of the service and how you would feel if this was you know what was happening. And it's it's a good guide, but referral business. Uh, is critical. And the flip side of that, obviously, is that people who say negative things about uh, your business and your service is is deadly to a company. And so I would really encourage um, everyone to be open to people that you meet. It doesn't have to be what would appear to be an obvious uh, referral source. Mm-hmm. Um, you do need to be strategic um, about um, where you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in some ways I probably don't do that well enough. Um, <clears throat> but I think that, <clears throat> and I think about it over and over again, about, uh, you know, am I, am I being smart in terms of where I spend my time? Mm-hmm. And the older you get, some of your listeners will be young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I might direct this uh, to the older listeners um, because they will all say to you, time matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when we're younger, we think we have a lot of it. And the older you get um, and things become more complicated, you have more responsibilities, um, you have to allot the time um, to everything that needs to be done carefully. And so referrals, um, uh, building a referral source, meeting people, is not just about going out and wasting time and drinking and eating or whatever. 
it has to be strategic. And and so, you know, set your your goals. When you go to a function, set your goals to, to meet two or three people and and figure out how you're gonna follow up with those people. Um, if 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 those people end up being people that you think um, could potentially be a referral or somebody that you could learn something from or um, so there has to be some thought about how you execute showing up to an event and and just not consciously figuring out why you're there in the first place <laughs> and, and why and you know what you want to say to people and you know what and if you're looking at this as a business event that you're really ready to do business in the form of meeting people, then, you know, don't waste your time. Um, I love that. It's practical. It's really like practical advice for people. Keep strategy at the top. Keep, keep referral business as a constant goal. Use your time wisely. These are really practical tools that entrepreneurs can take away. So you've had so much tremendous success. It's, um, you know, reading about your career, it's, it's very impressive. You certainly have have excelled. Can you tell us about uh, a big, genuine failure that you have encountered uh, over this stellar thirty-year career, and what you've learned from it? Because it's helpful to to know that um, you know it's a winding journey, and <laughs> and it's filled with not just success, but uh, we face our challenges too. Well, I say that. If you haven't made a mistake yet, really haven't taken any chances, right? Mm, that's great. You know, and um, I know lots of people, um, none of whom would be on this call, um, Mm -hmm. that are too scared to take a chance. Right. They're too they're they're too scared to take uh, to fail. Yep. And and. But they tend to be, just to jump in, Malcolm, they tend to be very opinionated and critical, though, (laughs) about those that are in the ring. (laughs) Yeah, they sure are. In my experience, anyways. They sure are. And, you know, it takes guts to be an entrepreneur. It takes confidence in yourself and your idea. And um, so you are going to fail. There's no question. I just want to tell you all that before I tell you what I think has been my greatest failure. Um, Okay. And... And I think I've had a few of them, um, and I'm not sure I can change the way I am and the way I approach things, um, because you know your chemistry is uh, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But I would think one of the um, and I'm not sure I identify this as as a individual failure per se, but I would say not understanding my audience enough um, before I speak. And Can you expand on that? Give us the, tell well, us more about what you mean. Well, because um, I never uh, lacked enthusiasm or I never lacked confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, but um, I would say that um, the delivery lacked a little finesse. Um, and you know, sometimes it is better to listen than to talk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I think that understanding who you're talking to, um, what their interests are, what their background is, um, allows for a better dialogue and allows people to understand who you are without making judgment based on who they think you are. Right. And so my, I would say my biggest challenge, and I don't know if it's a failure, but I think it's the biggest challenge that I've had that has definitely had some negative repercussions in terms of how people perceive me, mm-hmm. um, is that I didn't listen enough. And, and I didn't uh, put my, uh, I didn't um, uh, open myself up enough to understand who I was talking to. Um, when I'm in the middle of a business deal or a case or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so you learn a lot by listening to people. And um, and so and I it, think... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think that that, you know, that's my Achilles heel for sure, is that I feel confident in how I think through a problem. 
Um, and I don't need anybody to tell me, uh, uh, you know, uh, what they think about my approach. And, and that to me, uh, you know, it has some positives, but it also has some negatives. And, um, I think listening to people and being open to what their views are, what their interests are, uh, before you try to convince them what, what, you know, what you think, uh, they need is is a smart thing in business and um, um, you offend less people and, <laughs> that's true <laughs> and, and yeah. you know I I mean I I'm, I'm, a, I'm a litigator I I uh, you know I, I I I fight for a living a conflict is part of my everyday life and um, I'm learning that it doesn't necessarily mean it have to be with a sword, you know, it's just like yeah. you can, <clears throat> you have a better chance of, of, of success if you understand who you're dealing with and not be so, so convinced that your, your approach, your ideas, your thought pa uh, patterns are the best, you know? Uh -huh. And, and so it's easy for people to interpret that approach as egotistical or arrogant or what have you. Right. And, and those are things that I would say that I'm not. Uh, if you ask me, and I think humility is a very important thing, but because of that approach I have, I think it may it, it, it can offend people as much as it can attract people. And so you have to do a self-analysis. Everybody needs to know whether what they're good at and what they're not good at. And and that is part, in my view, part of their, their success and their failure in how they will be in their business. <clears throat> so I think that's, that's really that's, helpful. That's, yeah, that's, that's helpful for people to hear that because this whole notion of being self-aware, understanding your strengths and and how sometimes, you know, it, it's not necessarily really weaknesses as much as your style or or your approach, how it may not always uh, be the best one. I mean, certainly on the conflict side, finding the shared interest and reminding, reminding the other side of those common goals can certainly move, uh, things towards resolution. But on the other hand, as you said, you know, you're, you're fighting every day for your clients and that's what they want from you too. And, you know, I, I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs and startups that I've been involved in over the years that, People start out being friends. Mm -hmm. They're co-founders, mm -hmm. and then the worst miserable fights break up the company. Yeah, or damage yeah. it. Yeah, and and so for a multitude of reasons, and and I so you know you're not going to be successful unless you have some conflict to deal with. But it's how you deal with it, and it may be with your business partner, it may be mm -hmm. with customers, maybe with um, you know, um, employees, suppliers, whatever, suppliers, yeah. mm -hmm. oh my God. suppliers. And <laughs> so, it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you need to develop, uh, self-awareness about what your strengths are around that. Um, and I just came a little late to that party, but it just, uh, you know, I understand it better now and, and, and try to change it. But certainly young entrepreneurs, are wise to um, be self-aware about <clears throat> about uh, uh, how they communicate uh, with people, and um, because you know, I can sum it up this way: if people like you, mm -hmm. they'll like your business. Uh, maybe, maybe, but if they don't like you, they're never gonna li like your business. <laughs> Yeah. And I would say, I think often people like to do business with people they like, exactly. you know, that like that likability factor for sure. Right. For sure. So we, so we talked about some of the, uh, you know, your, some of the challenges, your genuine failures, but, um, let's, let's talk on a more positive note, biggest success as an employment lawyer. What, what do you, uh, what do you think of when you're asked that question? I mean, there's so many over a stellar career of 30 years. Well, you know, I think this applies to any entrepreneur. Um, I love being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It took me, um, it took me 18 years to build up uh, confidence uh, working for somebody else, working for um, a large Bay Street 
um, uh, firm, and and I knew I I, I want to be an entre- entrepreneur from the day I graduated from law school. And That's awesome. It just it never really happened because I I, I followed the traditional uh, step. Um, mm-hmm working in a big firm, becoming a partner, becoming a leader. And, you know, I like having my own shop. I like the the flexibility. And um, I think having confidence in myself um, and caring about my business, you know, are the things I've done right. Um, and, And I think I'm excellent at client service. I care. I care about my my client's business, and I haven't lost sight of that. And there's a uh, thousands, literally, in my business of alternatives for my clients yeah. to choose, and why they retain me, why they come back, why they've had a relationship with me for over 20 years. Um, you know, it's because I I care about their business. I think, and and so that that part I did I did well, and. I tell my young lawyers who are my young entrepreneurs in this room, I say mm-hmm. to them every week, service, service, service matters. If a client, a customer perceives that they're not getting the best service and perceptions reality. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them excellence in terms of what you do. I want your work to be excellent. I want it to be correct. And, um, if the perception is that it's not as good as it could be, then perception's reality. And it is so hard to get a new client in the door. It is so easy to lose a client. Right, right. It takes such effort. But, uh, you know, there's also excellence in your career because you won the Randall Eklund, did I say that correctly? Yes. Eklund Mentorship Award. Yep. Um, so, you know, here's an area where you've certainly excelled. And um, can you just talk briefly about as some mentors that have helped you succeed in your career? And then secondly, some advice you might have for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs listening that are seeking a mentor. Well, uh, I'll just digress for a second. I got that award last year and and it was, it was um, um, and I was happy to receive it, but when I went up to uh, do the acceptance speech, mm-hmm. um, it turned out a little differently than I an, had anticipated. How um, so? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I was kind of reviewing my present, my my speech. Uh, I was coming from court. I was in court out of town. I was driving back downtown Toronto with an associate, mm-hmm. and somehow I got on this theme that maybe I really didn't deserve to be a mentor. Uh, or get the mentorship award because I really honestly feel that I I have benefited far more as being um, uh, from the mentorship relationship than any of my mentees would ever. <laughs> and, and so when that's when exactly I, why you won the award. You're so humble. No, but honestly, it was it was, it was <laughs> I I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life uh, while I was giving the presentation because. Um, and and it does lead me to the statement is that that I you know um, I'm surrounded by really young smart engaged young lawyers here and for me um, I couldn't do my practice I have a large business and I can't possibly service clients um, uh, by myself with all these clients but they know I'm there and they know I'm supervising and mm-hmm. um, you <clears throat> um, the mentees that I have um, have made my life way more interesting. So, you know, and so for any of you who um, will be in business, um, you will um, want to become a mentor, like a real mentor, not like me. You will want to become a real mentor and you will get so much out of it because the young lawyers will teach you or the young business people in your case will teach you things that you don't know and they will have enthusiasm and uh, they may well be way smarter than you. And uh, uh, so from the mentee's point of view, um, you know, I've had incredible mentors and uh, I've had about four or five in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And mentors will definitely come and go in your life. Um, And... Um, uh, 
to be a mentor, uh, to be a good mentor, uh, you should uh, honestly care about um, uh, the the individual. And the people I had mentoring me cared about uh, me. They were open 24-7 to give me advice. Uh, and sometimes too much advice, but, um, <laughs> but they did. And, um, and I think the majority of them weren't expecting anything in return. Um, wonderful. And, and so, you know, in terms of building my reputation, building my practice, building my skill set, um, uh, I had some incredible me- uh, mentors and some of them who have now passed away. And it is, um, so I encourage you uh, on both ends to, um, to be a mentor um, to somebody who's younger than you uh, in your field of endeavor or, or not. Um, and if you're a young entrepreneur, look for a mentor. Um, and, um, because, uh, you know, there are wise people around us and, and people who care about, uh, and value that mentorship relationship. So I really encourage you to look for a mentor. Wow. Well, you heard it here, everybody, uh, from a award-winning mentor who is so focused on clients and caring, and uh, it's reflected in the success of your career. So to close, Malcolm, what book has inspired you recently that you would recommend to our listeners? Well, I thought about this, and and I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you that um, um the books I read may not appeal to everybody, <laughs> but um, and they're not business books. So oh, it doesn't matter. That's okay. Well, Just w- what's the, the, what's got the, you excited? Well, and it's a book I've read several times, um, and it has nothing to do with business, but it has to do with understanding um, ourselves uh, in this complicated world. And it's a book called uh, "The Spirituality of Imperfection," and and I have. It, I have come to the realization that I make a lot of mistakes along the way. I hope, you know, that um, it, they don't cost me any money or they don't hurt anybody. But um, they, um, the mistakes that I make in business and in, in personally, I hope that uh, I learn from them and that I can be better, a better person and also a better uh, person in my business and make my business stronger. And um, nobody is perfect in this, in this world and running your business will bring out the best in you and bring out the worst in you. And, <laughs> and uh, um, that's why I like the book, The Spirituality of Imperfection just shows us that, uh, you know, we all have to understand who we are to be the best that we can be. And uh, uh, your business is an extension of who you are. I love it. I've just added it to my list. So uh, thank you for that. And also for an absolutely enriching and wonderful conversation. You're generous with your, it's clear why you won your mentorship award and so many of your other uh, awards and recognition in your outstanding career. Thank you so much, Malcolm, for your time and uh, and your talents and just your generosity. So uh, thanks again. Thank you very much, Janet. Janice, it was a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Malcolm. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Until next week, thank you for listening. And now we leave you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Stephen Lund. I'm the CEO of Opportunities New Brunswick, and I'm also a deputy minister here in New Brunswick, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast. Well, you know, um, one of the things uh, that I admire about your leadership, and and I'm not just saying that, folks, by the way, I really do, is is your singular, your ability to keep us focused on that singular um, uh, motto, if you want to call it, put the puck in the net. 
can you talk about that? You know, where, where did that come from? Did you just did you just discover that, or is it you know did you hear from somebody else? What's your thought process on that? Put the puck in the net. Well, as, as a uh, as a hockey player in my day, yeah. and again the uh, the older you get, the better you work. Um, <laughs> I realized that uh, you know it's the old Gretzky uh, mantra of you know skate to where the puck's going, and I think. Uh, I think I've just been able to, I don't know, glean a few things uh, over the years. I spent years in uh, banking and venture capital, offshore finance, and, uh, you know, I've worked with thousands of companies, and I think I've been able to uh, distinguish what works and what doesn't work to some respect. And at the end of the day, um, you know, you can't score unless you take a shot. And... I think where we need to be as an organization is just focus on the end game. Focus on, as you said, putting the puck in the net, but but getting out, telling the story. Uh, we don't want to get bogged down in process or bureaucracy or uh, trying to figure out what to do next week or next year. Uh, we need the right plans and processes in place. We've spent a lot of time working on that. But again, at the end of the day, it's it's getting out there. We've you know we've reached out to over nine thousand companies around the world last year. Uh, we've had over four thousand meetings across the province last year. Uh, you know we've really we've really tried to step up uh, the level of activity uh, again because we you know we we think we we know we have something uh, good to sell. We know our companies. You know, need to hear firsthand uh, from us what we can do to help them, but also any ideas that we have to support their growth. And I think if you look at uh, what's going on in the province, we have everything from you know the the major companies like the Irvings and McCain's that people would know about. Uh, we've got some uh, companies that we've brought here like. The Exxon Mobiles, the Xeroxes, IBMs, uh, you know, Salesforce, uh, those types of companies. But we've also got a, a very robust uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, and people would know some of the successes of the years from the Q1 Labs and Radiant Sixes. But we also have a number of uh, really cool companies in a number of different fields that are uh, that are having some great success